I want to talk to you tonight, and it's strange because I forgot about the title of everything, but the title that God gave me tonight is Go For More. Go For More. And you may be thinking, well, you know what? You know, you don't know my past. You don't know what's been going on. You don't know how things have been in my life. And I'm going to give you this example. We were traveling back from Tulsa a while ago because my kids are at Oral Roberts University. And I was messing up with the Waze app. And how many, how many of you know that when you get the Waze app and you mess up, you hear this female voice come talking to you? Well, I had two, and I couldn't shut either one of them up. <laughs> how did you miss that? Aren't you paying attention to the Waze app? Are you not looking at the signs out there? But you know what's so good about the Waze app? It does a recalculation of everything. And it takes into consideration your mess-ups, your wrong turns. Come on now, the exits you missed, the things you should have been doing. It recalculates everything and it takes all the mess-up that you did in the past, it recalculates it and it comes back to get you right back on track again. Come on now. And tonight, I'm here to tell you that God has recalculated everything, and it's no matter what you've done in the past, no matter what's going on, no matter who's hurt you, no matter who you hurt, no matter what you didn't do, supposed to do, God has recalculated, and tonight, you're getting back on track again, and you're about to move into a level and a destiny that you've been believing God for a long time. Touch two or three people, say, he said, it's all changed. The reason it changes is because in the Waze app, the data has, the data has changed. What the devil tried to put on you from the past, the data has now changed. The information is no longer the same. You see, the word fact comes from the Latin word factum. In fact, facts are just made up information. Are you hearing me? Facts are made up. But neuroscience says, the more I distance myself from the facts, the less I remember them. The more I no longer think about the facts, the more irrelevant they become to me. I want you to know the facts have changed and now you are supposed to start dreaming bigger than you've been dreaming before. You're supposed to be going for more because now the facts no longer matter. When you decide that my dream is greater than my facts, when the word of God is greater than my facts, watch God begin to move in your life like never before. Whew. See, this year, God is not looking to answer your prayer for you. He's already done that. He's looking to answer your prayer through you in 2019. Come on now. He's already done everything he's going to do, but now he wants to answer them through you. So if you're not going for more, how is God supposed to work through you to get you more? Ephesians 3.20 says this, Now unto him that is able, tell somebody he's able. I don't know where you're at. I don't know what you're going through, but he's able. 
I don't know what's going on or how things look in the future, but he's able. He's able to do exceeding, abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. God is ready to do a work through you, not just for you. God has designed you to be the vessel that he wants to change the earth. Mm. Inside of you is the power to exceed where you are and go beyond your wildest imaginations. In you is the DNA to create change. In you is the DNA to reach from the natural realm into the supernatural realm and grab what God has for you in the supernatural and bring it into the natural realm so that you can change the situation that you're in right now. You have dual citizenship, folks. You can stand in this realm and operate in this realm and be in this realm and operate in this realm. And the devil gets confused because when you start straddling the state line, he doesn't know which realm to attack you in. Whew. See, in John 10.10, 10, the thief comes to steal. But he said, I came that you might have life in abundance to the full until it overflows. That sounds like more to me. See, I don't want anybody to be living on average street. God created you for more. So you need to be pursuing more. You know, I, I have a barber, and you know Josh. You've met him before. And Josh is exploding in his barber business. And he told me this past year when I went to see him the last time, I know I need a haircut again. He said, Coach, he says, I'm done with the comfort zone. He said, I'm no longer going to sit in the comfort zone. I'm going to step out and take risks this year. I'm going to start reaching for things that people said I could not have. I'm going to start going after my own business this year because I'm done working for somebody else and have them paying me below what, oh, come on now. They're paying me below my value. Is anybody in a job here right now? You know you're worth more. You know you can do more, but you just need to step out a little bit further, go right to the edge, and be able to make that shift. See, I want to create a turning point in your life tonight. The kingdom of God is here. Jesus said, repent. That means, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, no, he said what I'm saying. You've been looking this way, but I need you to make a about face. I need you to make a turn. I need you to make a turn and start moving in the direction that you've always wanted to go. Tell somebody, say, tonight's the turning point. Tell the other side, say, I'm not looking back no more. See, you've had this identity, what I call an identity gap. It's that gap between where you are and what you need to do to become who you want to be. And if you're like me, you're always going to be going through those gaps. Because every day you wake up wanting to be a better husband, a better mother, a better father. Come on now, a better employee, a better boss. So every time you're here, you want to be something better than what you are. And that's called that identity gap. See, a lot of you, you struggle with where you are because you know where you want to be. 
And those of you who know who you are, you struggle even more because you know this is not good enough for where you are because you know exactly where God has called you to be. And it's about time you start saying, I know my rights as a citizen of the kingdom of God. Devil, take off the limitations because the data has changed. The facts have changed. No longer am I going to be held to the status quo. See, your expectations are powerful. All of us perform in relationship to our expectations. If I don't believe I can have it, I won't go after it. If I don't believe it's possible, I'll no longer dream it. What you expect from yourself and those around you determines the results in your life. You know, Henry Ford had this high expectation. Remember Henry Ford, the Model T, Ford cars? Okay, I know we're a long way from Detroit, but you might get it. He wanted to create the V8 engine. So he had his staff go to work on create the V8 engine. And his staff finally came back after numerous failures and said, it can't be done. It can't be done, Henry. With that statement, Henry fired his staff, brought on a new staff, and the V8 engine was born. I want to know who it is in your life that is stifling your expectations. Who's bringing limitations to your dreams? Who's telling you that you can't be successful? Who's holding you back from being all that you call, God's called you to be? Who's the one limiting you from becoming the success that you believe you can be? See, people achieve success because they expect to succeed. You got to expect that you're going to succeed. You got to believe that success is what is your destination. Amen. See, if you're think if you're not thinking about achieving success, then your body's not moving towards success. If there is no vision for more, then there will be no discipline or action plan to pursue more. Your vision to succeed is what establishes the boundaries for success. Your vision is the driving force to achieving that desired lifestyle. You have to wake up seeing yourself being it, doing it, possessing it, having it, accomplishing it. I have this right now. I've been thinking about this since 2018. And and with the help of my wife and my brother-in-law, we started it. I'm trying to get out of Chicago public school system. I don't know about you, but I'm trying to work myself out of a job. Anybody in here trying to work yourself out of a job? Come on now. I'm trying to work myself out of a job. There's a new psychological saying that says you got to behave your way into your future. You got to behave your way into your future. How do I have to behave to get that promotion? How do I have to behave to get that higher paying job? How do I have to pay, behave to get those benefits? How do I have to behave? Come on now, are you hearing me? You got to behave your way into your future. What I'm doing now is I told my, my wife, said, I want to be able to take preaching and put it up on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Every Tuesday, just a small segment. That's been my dream. I don't got a technological skill in my body. But the best thing I do is operate the radio. And that's when my wife tells me to sit in shotgun. 
But then I also said, I want, I want to be able to speak motivationally this year. So I want to preach full time. I want to speak motivationally full time. I want to get out of what I'm doing and get into what I want to do. Come on now. Is there anybody that's kind of tired of doing what everybody else is doing? You want to get into what you want to do. You want to get into your giftings, get into your talent, get into your calling, get into the things that you know God said, that's where you're supposed to succeed, son. So on Tuesday mornings, the preaching goes out at 7. On Thursday morning, the motivation goes out at 7. In 2019, we launched both of those things to be going out every Tuesday and Thursday morning. I'm telling you, I'm working myself out of a job. I'm working myself into a new beginning. I'm working myself into something new. I'm working, oh, come on now. Am I going to be the only one shouting in this place tonight? Hallelujah. See, it's not God's will to just be successful in heaven. You're supposed to be successful on earth. I'm not waiting to get to heaven to produce more. I've been designed to produce more now. John 15, 16 says, you have not chosen me. He says, but I chose you. I ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit. Touch somebody and say, I'm supposed to go do more. And that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he's going to give it to you. The reason God is saying go for more is because he's waiting to give it to you. If you don't go to the store for the milk, come on, I, I was about to say they don't come to you anymore, but that's, the, that's how old I am. Now you can go on the app and they do bring the milk to you. See, when God commands you to do something, that, mean, that means he is already planned for you to succeed in it. Because when the manufacturer makes an invention, he creates in it the ability to succeed at what he created it for. So if God told you to do something, he said, I've already put in you the ability to succeed at what I'm telling you to do. And because I've already done everything and everything's finished, when you go do it, expect to get it. Some of you have let fear hold you back. You've let others say you can't, well, I'm not educated enough. You know, I'm, I'm Hispanic or I'm Polish or I'm Italian or I'm Native American Indian or I'm white. Those three folks right there. See, but here comes the challenge. I'm going to challenge you right now. The challenge is when you accept what God said to do, he has to upgrade you. You can't operate at the next level without next level intellect. Come on now. God says, I've got to upgrade you so that you can operate at the upgrade level. Come on now. John 15, 2. Here's proof. Ready? Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he takes away. But every branch that beareth fruit, that goes to the next level, I got to purge it so that it can produce, somebody say more. more. Tell somebody, go for, more. go for more. See, some of you right now, you're in a purging stage. And purging hurts. Come on now. But when God chooses you, he says, I got to cut you. Come on now. 
Anybody in here ever been cut? Come on now. God says, I want you to have more, but can you stand the cut? I'm trying to bless you with more, but can you stand the cut? I want you to step into a greater destiny, but do you, can you handle me pulling you out of where you are so that I can set you in the destiny that I've called you to be? God always has to cut something out so he can graft something back in. Come on now. You know, there were 10 times in the New Testament where Jesus is telling folk, I'm going to have to separate you from where you are. Because I can't take you the next, to the next level with you doing what you're doing. I can't take you to the next level hanging out with those people that you're hanging out with. Oh, look at that person and say, you might not be with me very long. Ooh. Hallelujah. You know, in Matthew chapter 4, Jesus tells Peter, follow me and I'm going to make you a fisher of men. What he said, in other words, was follow me and I will show you how to succeed at a level you could not succeed on your own. Because although he could catch fish, he was pretty good. But when he came to catch men, fishers of men, he did a phenomenal job. So what he was doing on his own was good. But what God said, come and follow me. Let me separate you. Let me cut you out. I'll take you to another level and you catching fish. Amen. Anybody here ready to go to another level? Yes. Somebody say, I. Good job. I stole that from Tony Robbins. In Luke chapter 18, the rich man, Jesus tells him, give all you have. Go sell what you have and give it to me. I mean, and follow me. Jesus said that, he says, I want you to do that so I can show you that giving up what you do have can get you what you don't yet have. Sometimes you got to give up some stuff to get what you don't have. I had to give up about 50 girlfriends just to get her. I ain't lying. I like that. This group right here said, yeah, y'all with me right here. I like that, yeah. God, this is my favorite group right here. <laughs> Woo. In John chapter 1, Jesus is talking to Philip. He says, you go feed them. Then he says, follow me. What was he saying? He said, Philip, I want to turn you into someone you have never been so that you can do something that you've never done. Philip never fed 5,000 people before. But because he got involved with Jesus, he let him cut him, he let him separate him, he let him remove him. He started doing things that he had never been doing before on a level that he had never seen before. Come on now. Some of you are about to see God move at a level that you've never seen before. You're about to see God reshape some things that you've never seen before. You're about to see God recalculate some things that you've never seen before. You're about to see God do miracles in your life that you've never seen before. Touch somebody, tell them it's time to open your eyes this year. See, the proof of the kind of future God has assigned for you is determined by the kind of leadership he has connected you to. Mm. Pastor Jeff and Pastor Robin are proof that God has thought enough about your assignment that he gave them to you to help you achieve your destiny. Come on now. Come on now. I wouldn't call him dad or mom if I didn't believe in him. I wouldn't come to him and ask for advice if I thought he was going to give me some crazy stuff. I almost said the wrong word. Started with that, started with that letter right there. 
So I, I, I work in probably the second or third highest crime area in Chicago. All my basketball players and most of my kids are all in gangs. In fact, I just lost a sophomore basketball player early in the fall because he was a thief and he tried to rug a drop. Let's try that again. I went in reverse if you didn't know what that was. Do you remember when he played back? See, that's, that's those old tape players and stuff like that. You can't get that nowadays. Y'all got gypped. But he was a good basketball player, but he was a better thug. And so what he did was he tried to go rob a drug dealer. But he didn't realize that the drug dealer was going to put two bullets, one in his chest and one in his throat. It ended his life. And so sometimes, my wife will understand this, and some of y'all understand this. What I say up here, i got to talk a little bit differently with those guys. Come on now. Because I have, to, I have to make myself available to be able to communicate with them so that we can communicate together so that I can begin to invest in their life. One of my players came up to me and said, Coach, he goes, he goes I'm not talking to you as a coach right now, Coach. I said, what's up, boy? He says, I'm talking to you as, I need to talk to you as pastor. He said, I go to sleep at night and when I lay down, I think about death, and that's all I think about. Well, right then and there, I begin to talk to him because he plays a lot of those games, those zombie killing, the shootings, all these death video games. I said, boy, you keep bringing death before you. I said, so there's a spirit of death that's trying to attach itself to you right now, and you need to stop watching those things. And I said, have you ex ever accepted Jesus Christ? as Lord of your life. Well, I was baptized. I said, no, that's not what I asked you, son. So we got interrupted by some other students, but when I go back tomorrow, guess who's going to get saved? Come on. Guess who I'm going to introduce into the kingdom of God? Because he shall live and not die. He's not going to be a statistic like those other kids. He's not going by the way of the bullet. He's not going by the way of the drugs. He's not going by way of the gangs. I'm not going to let the devil take this one out of my life. Come on now. There's some folk that are connected to you that the devil is showing them death. And it's your job to get them into the kingdom of God. It's your job to take away death and introduce them to life in Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. Right now, folks, you're in what I call the impact zone. The impact zone. That's where your anointing and your purpose are about to collide with opportunity. Because there's some folks in here, you know you're anointed. You know what you can do. You just need an opportunity. You just need a foot in the door. You just need someone to give you a chance. You just need someone to give you that call. You just need someone to say, hey, send me the resume. Hey, you, I got a buddy that needs you over. You just need an opportunity. You are in that zone right now. I'm telling you, man, worship was good. Worship was good. You are so blessed to be in a place where the worship begins to create an atmosphere for God to come in move freely. Not every church is like that. Not every worship team can do that. See, because when you come up here as a worship team, if you're up here competing instead of completing, God ain't showing up. Are you hearing me? We come to compete, complete, not compete, because God, is, God says, I fight against the proud, 